All right, so tonight, this evening, our sermon is entitled Confidence in the Shepherd. And we're reading from Psalm 23. We're going to go through the entire psalm. I'm going to do my best to get through it all, but uh, if I don't, um, that's okay. Uh, I I can finish it all on Sunday morning. How about that? (laughs) But... um, Let's read through the uh, through the psalm, and then we will get right into the word. So Psalm 23, starting in verse 1, and I am reading from the New American Standard Bible, so it may not um, follow what you're reading, or what you're reading may not follow what I am uh, reading, but that's all right. Starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. So, of all of the Psalms, This is likely the most popular of all the Psalms and the most memorized uh, of all scripture. It is a Psalm of promise and prosperity. It gives hope to the hopeless. Those who find themselves in times of despair often quote this Psalm. At times leading up to death and even at funerals, this Psalm is many times relied upon. When we look at the imagery of the psalm, we can see why it brings about comfort, peace, and a sense of rest. It talks about green pastures and quiet waters and comfort in the valley of the shadow of death. This brings about a sense of reassurance to ailing souls. In this psalm, we see the qualities of a good shepherd, one who rules, guides, feeds, protects, and provides. In turn, the expectation is that the sheep would follow, obey, love, and trust the shepherd. However, sheep are not always that smart. And despite all of the benefits found with the shepherd, the sheep sometimes go astray. As comforting as this psalm is, as popular as it may be, and no no matter how many times it is recited, not all can lay hold to the promises enumerated within this passage of Scripture. Only Christ's sheep can confidently lay hold to the truths of this passage. So let us examine what this passage of scripture says and knowing keep this in mind that we are there there's much more here 
than what we are going to be able to cover in this short uh, period of time. Uh, however, my hope is to point you to the chief shepherd and guardian of souls and to help you understand that you can confidently rest in him. So let's go to verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This is a psalm of David and David being a shepherd himself. He knew what the characteristics of a shepherd were as well as what the characteristics of sheep were. For the shepherd, he knew that the shepherd rules, guides, feeds, protects, provides. And also for the sheep, what their characteristics were. They're foolish, weak, defenseless, and again, they sometimes go astray. David knew this. He was a shepherd himself, right? So David here is putting himself in the place of the sheep. And he says the Lord is his shepherd. Note that David is making a definitive statement here. He says that the Lord is his shepherd. There is no uncertainty here. No ifs, no maybes, no I hope he will be. No, he makes a definitive statement. He says the Lord is my shepherd. Now about this statement of the Lord as shepherd, it is said of all the figures that are applied to God in the Old Testament, that of a shepherd is most beautiful. But let us not look past the beauty of what is happening here. In terms of the care that the Lord shows for his flock, what we see is the condescension of God as if he were coming off of his throne on high to bend down and care for his sheep. Let us not miss that beauty. See, David had faith in the Lord and the Messiah who was to come. See Psalm, uh, Psalm, Psalm 110. And because of this faith, he could confidently say, I shall not want. And what does that mean? I shall not want. It means I shall neither now nor at any future time want. Martin Luther says about this passage and about that statement of I shall not want. He says, I assuredly want nothing. I shall eat and drink and have abundance of clothes, food, protection, peace, and necessities of every kind which contribute to the support of life. See, that is confidence in the Lord as shepherd that he will provide. So before we move on, right out the gate here, I have to ask you, do you know that the Lord is your shepherd? We have to settle that right here up front. Because if the Lord is not your shepherd, all of these promises, all of these benefits that we are going to read through here, you cannot claim those benefits. These are 
only for the elect sheep, the chosen ones of God. Are you his sheep? John 10, 27 and 28, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Are you in the shepherd's hand? Have you responded to the call of God to repent and believe in the Son, Jesus Christ? Are you confident that you have heard and responded to the shepherd? And if you have obeyed the call, the command to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, you can confidently say that you shall not want. Why? For God will supply everything that you need. Now, there may be things that you wish for. This is not looking at God as a genie in the bottle that we can just rub the bottle and get our three wishes for what we want the most. No, that's not what this is talking about here. God will supply your need. You will want for no necessity, not because of, even if you have material wealth that you have accumulated, you can't even rest in that. But it is because of your confidence in the shepherd through faith in him. Psalm 34, 10, it says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Psalm 84, 11, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And Jesus himself, when he was talking about the cure for anxiety and how not to worry, he says he, he provides for the birds. And will he not much more provide for you and feed you? He clothes the fields with Lilies, will he not much more clothe those who are his sheep? But what does he say? What is his command? He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. See, you seek the kingdom of God first. Then he supplies all of your needs. Listen, there is a common grace that everyone has that is here on this earth. God causes the rain to fall and the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. But that should never be mistaken as being a sheep of Christ, a chosen one of God. Philippians 4.19, it says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Charles Spurgeon says this. He says, the wicked always want, but the righteous never. A sinner's heart is far from satisfaction, but a gracious spirit dwells in the palace of content. See, we have everything that we need in Christ Jesus. He promised to provide us with everything that we need. So what do we see here in regard to confidence in the shepherd? 
David showed it. He had confidence that the Lord is his shepherd. And if you have trusted in Christ, if you have placed your faith in Christ, repented of your sin and believed in him, you can have confidence in the fact that the Lord is your shepherd and that he will provide all of your needs. Amen. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Continue reading on with verse three. It says he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, this is the nature of the spirits of, of not the spirits, but the shepherd's guidance and provision. And this is done primarily through God's word and the Holy Spirit. See, the green pastures are the word of God. And as we feast upon the word of God, we find peace. We find refreshment. We find satisfaction. In the still waters, we find cleansing and refreshing. Our hearts are flooded with the presence of the Spirit of the believer is able to find peace. See, your neighbor who sits right next to you, you may be going in and facing the same tumultuous situation and you have peace. And they are sitting there worried, wondering what is going to happen to them, where the next meal is going to come from, what is, is their life going to be required of them? What is going to happen? But the Spirit of God floods your soul with peace. It is a peace that surpasses 
all comprehension that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. So see, we as believers, we who know that the Lord is our shepherd, we are not tossed about to and fro with the waves of life and everything that goes on. When the world is panicked, we have peace. We have peace. And we saw it a lot within these past couple of years, how everything happened with the the, the uh, so-called pandemic that <laughs> took place and everything shut down in 2020. You know, so many people were scrambling and worried, wondering, what are they going to do, even in fear of their lives? But there were those who stood firm and said, I am trusting in the Lord. Did not flinch. Did not budge. That is the kind of peace that we have to have with the Lord while the world is running wild, trying to figure out what are they going to do? We have peace. With God. See, that's where it is. It's peace with God. And if we are no longer enemies of God, whatever it is that we face, we can walk into it confidently because we have peace with our Creator. How could you ask for more? See, this second verse, it depicts the condition of believers. They have peace with God. And as Romans 5.1 says, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. So, in relationship to confidence in the shepherd, we have confidence in the peace and the rest that the shepherd provides. He provides that peace with God and the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of believers rushes our soul with peace. Amen? <clears throat> he restores my soul. Verse 3. God is a restorer of souls. The word restore has a broad meaning. It can mean restoration for a weakened and weary soul and it can also mean to bring back or bring again when it doesn't pertain to recovery from weariness see the gospel covers both areas so whether it is someone who is physically weak physically weary the hope that we have in the gospel brings strength to the soul. But those who have trusted in Christ and they have gone off of the path of righteousness can trust in the shepherd to restore them. So with this idea of bringing back in mind, we see characteristics of both the sheep and the shepherd. 
Sheep being foolish as they are, knowing the provision that they have from their shepherd, all that they need, they are prone to wonder. Not only are they prone to wonder, they do wonder. The characteristic of the shepherd is to go and find that sheep and bring them back into the fold. So what do those who have been renewed in spirit and mind do? Those who say that they are Christ's sheep, they are believers, what do they do? Believers still carry about a remnant of corruption. And it is that corruption that causes them sometimes stray. They are prone to wander away from the shepherd and guardian of their souls as foolish sheep do from their shepherd. It's knowing of the, the provision, protection, peace, and rest from the chief shepherd, believers still sometimes wander away Knowing all of these good things, all of the promises that we have, we still are prone to wonder. How far they roam, we don't know. But it is up to the Savior, the shepherd, to, in in his timing, to decide when that sheep, that chosen one, has gone far enough and when to bring them back in. It is the shepherd who restores. And when the Lord restores, he restores fully and completely. This process of restoration involves a conviction of sin. Know that. There is no one who claims to be a believer, who can claim to be a believer, who says that they love their sin. Even if you do go astray, you are going to be convicted of that sin. And there is going to be a longing for renewal and possibly a fear of being deserted by God. Along with that, there is going to be discipline. Revelation 3.19, it says, To those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Jesus said to Peter, knowing who Peter is and what he was going to do, how he was going to go astray, how he was going to turn from God, from 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 Christ, who he had been walking with. He says, Simon, Simon, behold. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. 
And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. See, Jesus knows his sheep, and we have to know ourselves that we are prone to wonder, and we have to be on guard against sin. Do not give into it, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, because it's when you think that I can just go this far into sin. (sighs) If the grace of God does not restrain you, you're heading for pain, for misery. There is going to be a consequence of your sin even in Christ. Don't play with sin. Don't play knowing that we have a gracious Savior who will restore us. Do not continue on in sin if you find yourself in that place today where you are flirting with the danger and the darkness of sin, I tell you right now, stop. Turn to God. It is not worth it. Not even in the least. See, it is this same person that Jesus said that Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. It is this same person who Jesus restored at the end of John 21. Take a look at that whenever you have a chance of how how the Savior restored Peter. And what did he say to him? He said, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. And if you notice a common thread here, even from Psalm 51 um, to Luke 22, 31, And even into John 21, where the Lord restored Peter. The common thread here is that after you are restored, you go and teach others. David says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Jesus told Peter, he said, strengthen your brothers. When he was restoring him, he said, feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. See, we have been through some things, if you want to be honest. Through some things that we know that we should not have been in, and the Lord, through his gracious condescension, has reached down and restored us. Now, we don't need to hold that to ourselves, but we need to go and tell sinners to repent of their sin. Believe in the Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Do not go the way of darkness. Walk on the path of righteousness. See, brothers and sisters, we do at times go astray from the shepherd, but let us be confident that we are his sheep and the Lord will restore us. Depending on the circumstances, a sinner's restoration to the Lord could be so great when they come back to him, when they are restored, that they may take it as a first conversion. See, the Lord knows no bounds for his sheep, no bounds of love. Remember, this is the Savior who is on high, reaching down to tend his sheep. 
See, like foolish sheep that wander away, we need to be guided back to the right path. We too need the shepherd to continually guide us to paths of righteousness. And why does the Lord do this? He guides me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. Simply put, for the sake of his covenant relationship with his sheep. The Lord will not go back on his word. Okay? You have repented of your sin. You have trusted in Christ. You are his sheep. You are his child. He will never leave you. Never forsake you. So we see here that there is confidence in the shepherd's restoration. In verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, this valley of the shadow of death, this is but a shadow. It does not say the valley of death, but the valley of the shadow of death. It is but a shadow. Charles Spurgeon says this. He says, nobody, nobody is afraid of a shadow for a shadow cannot stop a man's pathway even for a moment. The shadow of a dog cannot bite. The shadow of a sword cannot kill. The shadow of death cannot destroy us. It is but a shadow. David says that even in this, he fears no evil, even in the shadow of death. For the shepherd is with him and the shepherd's rod and staff comforted him. The shepherd's rod and staff were used to fend off the attack of enemies and even to guide the sheep. See, the Lord guides and governs his sheep with his rod and staff. He protects us. From the enemies. He beats back the enemies with this club. We are protected by God and he guides us along the pathways. Understand these aren't the paved roads of like Lebanon church road that they're doing now that the sheep were being led through. No, these were through hills and crevices and valleys that they were going through and the shepherd was always there with his rod and his staff to protect and guide the sheep. Our shepherd will never leave nor forsake us. Even in the darkest valleys of our lives, we are not to fear death for our Savior conquered the grave. Death can only sit by and watch even when the Lord calls us home to glory. 1 Corinthians 15.55 Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? I'll tell you where it is. It's been conquered by our Savior, our Shepherd, Jesus Christ. So, we have confidence then in the shepherd's victory 
over death. Verse 5, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Here we see a shift. Now from shepherd flock now to host guest. Even in the most dire of circumstances, we see David has confidence in the Lord that the Lord will continue to provide for him in the worst of circumstances. See, David knew that he was going to face future danger. Right? But he trusted that the Lord would continue to provide for him even when amongst his enemies who wanted to kill him. That's confidence. That's confidence in more than just himself. David knew that he would fail on his own. He had confidence in the shepherd, the Messiah, who was to come. See, we too, as God's sheep, will be led to places where our enemies abound. But we must have confidence that the Lord will continue to guide and protect us even in those circumstances. The Lord will anoint our head with oil. This was custom for a host to revive his guest with oil. And with the Lord anointing us for the task that he calls us to, he is giving us all that we need for that moment, for that time, for that day, our daily bread. He is anointing us with oil to face whatever it is that he has sovereignly allowed to come our way not only is he giving us what what we need but our cup will run over that's what david is saying here his cup overflows he has everything that he needs to face the trial that is before him right now he is at a banquet with the lord the lord has prepared for him, a table in the presence of his enemies. He has anointed his head with oil. His cup overflows. So now we see confidence that we will be renewed and invigorated by the Lord, even in the worst of circumstances. See, that's what the oil, the purpose of the oil was or when a guest would come into someone's home, the oil was customary to give to them, to revive them. Not only does the Lord give enough to revive, but the cup overflows. In verse 6, he says, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my, of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, David knew that only, some translations say, only goodness and mercy would follow him all the days of his life. Even throughout the toughest circumstances of his life, he knew that the shepherd of his soul would not abandon him. And that once he closed his eyes to this life, that he would awaken immediately in the house of the Lord and be there forever. This should bring comfort to us 
as well, knowing that whenever we go through the hardest trials, the chief shepherd of our souls is leading, guiding, and directing us. Psalm 16, 11, it says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Psalm 73, verses 24 through 26, it says, With your counsel you will guide me, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fall or fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Confidence that we as Christ's sheep will dwell with him forever. See, why is this important? In, in a day and age like this, why is it important that we have confidence in the shepherd? Well, number one, because if we are the Lord's sheep, then we must obey him. He gave us a specific command. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We must obey that command to go, therefore, and make disciples. We must have confidence in the shepherd that he does have all authority in heaven and on earth. And we are to submit to his rule. See, the Lord may call us into some dark places as we are fulfilling the command of the Great Commission and we cannot fear death. We cannot fear evil. We have to walk confidently in obedience to our God. Listen, even in the news right now, you see, or even if you're on social media, the 11 uh, uh, pro-life protesters that were arrested, being investigated by the FBI, their houses being raided. One guy is sitting in jail waiting to be sent to Tennessee because they protested an abortion mill where they were killing babies. Killing babies. And you have someone there to stand in the gap as a representative of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and they get arrested. Now, this is a year old case. That abortion mill has been shut down. Once Roe was overturned, that abortion mill got shut down. But the feds came after them after that took place. And they are still under investigation. So all of that to say, listen, we are going to be called into some hard places. Listen, if it's not this, so don't turn your head or turn, turn your nose up at this and say, well, you know, whatever, that they maybe they shouldn't have been blocking the doors or whatever. What next? 
whenever we stand against the things that this world is for. CRT isn't going anywhere. Diversity, equity, inclusion is all over the place. And the moment that you say that you don't agree with that, or you're not going to go along with that, you're going to suffer. So don't turn your nose up to these things that are happening. When these things are happening, like with the, the, the LGBTQ, the transgender, how they are destroying children. We cannot just sit back and let this happen. We must stand up and say that these are image bearers of God. You cannot. We must do everything that we can to interpose, to stand in the gap. We got to go and make disciples. Jesus Christ reigns. He rules. He has all authority. So even in our darkest moments in life, we need to know that we can find comfort in the rod and staff of our shepherd, of our shepherd, even when we face intense evil or even when death seems to be looming. The sting of death is gone. Though the sun may not seem to be shining our way, the sun, the bright and morning star, Jesus Christ is leading the way. May we have confidence in him. And finally, we need to know that we have the right to claim these promises that the shepherd gives to his sheep, whom he has entered into covenant relationship, promises that he will provide rest, refreshment, restoration, protection, victory over death, and eternal life. See, there are there are sheep and there are goats. Okay? The sheep have all of the promises that we have talked about. The goats graze beside the sheep. Even the wolves in the sheep clothed in the sheep's clothing graze beside the sheep. But see, God knows that they are not his. And on that day, when their soul is required of them, he is going to tell them, depart from me. Don't you fool yourselves believing that you are Christ's sheep if you have not repented of your sin and believed in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the only way to a right relationship with God the Father. Trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. He lived a perfect, sinless life, went to the cross and died for sinners who would believe in him, taking on the wrath, the full wrath of God. He was buried after he was taken down from that cross, laid in that tomb. And on the third day, he was resurrected, fulfilling the scriptures, showing that what he did was acceptable to the Father. Let's pray.